This is the Books and Authors Fantasy and Sci-Fi Podcast, episode 144. Good day and welcome to this episode of the Books and Authors Fantasy and Sci-Fi Podcast. I'm your host, podcaster, and author of Fun Fantasy Reads, Jamie Davis. This podcast is exactly what the title says it is, folks. It's a show where we focus on everything to do with fantasy and sometimes sci-fi books. We talk about epic fantasy, urban fantasy. We cover space opera, pure sci-fi. Uh, you name it, we've got it here on the show. And, and my goal is always to bring you the best and brightest authors from all the various corners of the fantasy and sci-fi book world so that you can check out what they're doing here on the show. Kicking off things this week with my own author update. I'll just fill you in on what I've been up to. I'm super excited for the uh, pending launch of the Paramedics Amazon. That's going to happen next week. It's scheduled for release on the day after Christmas. That's the 26th of December. I think it's a Saturday. You can pre-order it now. Um, It should be up when you're getting this podcast. I'll be putting the entire series on sale after the launch. Um, that's seven other books as ebooks. Um, they'll be on sale so you can get caught up in the series if you haven't started reading the Extreme Medical Services series about supernatural paramedics. Um, we also um, will be getting um, some other things together for that release, but um, I'm, I'm really excited about it. My advanced readers are calling this the best in the series to date, which is always exciting to hear. It means I've done my job, and uh, these, these readers have read the whole series and, and are really looking forward to uh, me sharing it with the rest of you. So I hope that I can do that soon. If you want to follow what I'm up to, you can always check out more information about what I'm doing, including sneak peeks of upcoming covers, special giveaways, and a whole lot more, including my book launch information, all available over in the reader group I have on Facebook, Jamie's Fun Fantasy Readers. Uh, We talk about all kinds of things there, not just my books, but the books I'm reading, uh, our favorite fantasy and sci-fi movies, uh, you name it. It's a great place to just kind of hang out and talk about fantasy and sci-fi books. So head on over and check that out at Jamie's Fun Fantasy Readers on Facebook. You can also follow me and check what I'm up to over at my website, jamiedavisbooks.com as well. Okay, joining us this week on the show is A.A. Warren. Uh, Amanda, as she is known to her friends, uh, has been a writer for just over 10 years and primarily writes speculative fiction for both children and adults. She's a mother of three children and two seriously naughty dogs and lives in Sydney, Australia. I had a great time chatting with Amanda. We talk about her book, The Reluctant Wizard, and how great fantasy stories can be seen sometimes through the eyes of child characters. So uh, check out this one. It's a great episode. I hope you'll enjoy it as much as I did recording it. So here's my interview with Amanda. Hi, Amanda. Welcome to the Books and Authors Fantasy and Sci-Fi Podcast. It's great to have you on the show. Thank you for having me. Um, Why don't you uh, introduce yourself to our listeners and readers out there in the audience? Um, Let them know a little bit about who you are and how you got started writing. Um, So I'm Amanda. I live in uh, Sydney, Australia. I am an independent author and writer. So I publish all my own books. 
Um, I've been writing speculative fiction for about 10 years and publishing for two. Um, I'm a mother of three kids and two seriously naughty dogs. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm also publishing anthologies. So I uh, have a nice little group of fantasy writers that I pull together and we publish books together. It's been fantastic. We'll talk a little bit more about that later because I want to kind of dig into how you've you've gotten into that and, and what that's like. But um, I know we want to make sure we dig into um, your most recent book, The Reluctant Wizard. Um, and and I really like the the premise of the story. Um, you know, a young young wizard in training um, kind of gets caught up between two sides, two factions. And and um, tell us a little bit about the genesis of that tale. So Eli is, he lives in a community and it's just ongoing war between the wizards and the warlocks. And with any war, no matter which one has been on our planet, is, you know, the community really suffers. You know, they can't grow, they can't excel forward. And it's the same with Eli's community. He's, he's seeing a lot of homelessness, a lot of um, hunger, drought, and just there's no end to this war regardless it has magic or no magic so Eli decides you know what I'm going to grow up and I'm going to save the world and we have a huge generation of children these days who want to save the world and I love Marvel movies but you know we're cultivating these kids to to think like that so Eli thinks like that and uh, he's like I'm gonna I'm gonna you know join the wizards and I'm gonna save the world so he gets to the wizard land he starts practicing his magic. And it's not that you learn magic, it's you have to grow magic. So everybody in his world has an, a magical ability and you grow it. So Eli starts growing his magic, but he finds out the wizards are not as fantastic as they make out to be. So what ends up happening is he has to make a very strong choice about his future, his future for his community and the ideals about saving the world. And it really puts it back into perspective of, um, you know, if we think of everybody as a big long chain, we're only one link and that, you know, one link doesn't uh, save the whole world, but it's a very important link. So we have to stand in our own power and make good choices that will help the world, not save it. So that's the reluctant wizard. I, I like that. It's it's actually a huge story, <laughs> um, but uh, book one is only skimming the surface, and uh, I'm I, I can't I don't I have no idea how many books it'll end up being. It'll be as many as it needs to be. Um, so I'm at the moment I'm like still planning out book two and starting to write and dibble and dabble in it. But uh, yeah, the story is just massive, absolutely massive. And I'm so glad that the younger generation can access this one. No, it's great. And and I know you said it's aimed at um, you know, middle grade and up. Um, and I like that, you know, when you, in the notes you sent me that you think adults will like it too, because I certainly have enjoyed many books written, ostensibly written for kids, but you know, obviously, um, I've enjoyed them. I mean, I read the whole Harry Potter series alongside my kids and just, you know, was enthralled the whole time. So I think that there's this misconception sometime that, that just because a story is aimed, you know, as far as subject matter 
at children doesn't mean that there aren't story story elements there that can intrigue adults too. Yeah, so this one I was very conscious about writing for children. I was trying to write a children's story. I thought, yes, I'm going to do this in 30,000 words. And um, and when I booked the editor and I sent her the first 30, I thought, oh, I think I need another 30. And then it ends up being 120,000 words. <laughs> and she's, so my poor editor's like, Oh, okay, let's let's rebook and rebook. So I took up so many spots for her. And it was amazing because I thought, I am not going to cap myself or try and pull this story back. I just gotta let this story be exactly what it needs to be. But at the same time, I'm hitting very adult themes like war and famine and how people are suffering because of this ongoing war. But I didn't approach it from an adult's perspective, I approached it from a ch- child's perspective because there are a lot of children in this world who have suffered from war. And um, in Australia, we get a lot of people from uh, war-torn countries, refugees. My children are um, friends with a lot of uh, kids who are asylum seekers. And, you know, we've heard stories about the suffering that they've um, that they've ha- gone through. And that's a real thing for them in their lives so it was so great that I could approach this through a child's perspective to say you know what there is fighting going on there is stuff going on but they don't necessarily see it they just feel the effects of it so it was kind of like so important for me to say not not wrap the, the reader up in this cotton ball and say oh no 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 like let's protect you let's not see this he doesn't see it, but he kind of knows that that person hasn't eaten for two days. We've all seen homeless people. Children feel that. They go, well, how can you have a hungry belly for two days? So it's kind of nice to have Eli go, I really want to do something about this. I really want to, um, you know, be active about this and not turn the blind eye. So um, having literature, like if you um, – having children and you want to talk about these themes, um, watching Eli go through it and be active and and times where he's active and he is not successful in achieving his goals, that's a great way to kind of open up those conversations at dinner time as well and saying, hey, let's talk about this. Poor Eli is going through this situation, but, hey, I know a real-life situation as well. So that's the topics that my family is kind of covering at the moment at the dinner table. Um, we're only halfway through the book reading it together <laughs> because we keep stopping and talking about things, which is really cool. But um, funny enough, I haven't read Harry Potter, so <laughs> I, can't, I can't pull uh, comparisons on that one. No, and, and, and you know, it's okay that you haven't read that, that series because you've obviously tapped into something very powerful with your own book here. Um, and, and I'm curious, what is there anything in particular you did? Obviously, you have kids of your own, so it might be easier for you to kind of visualize things through their eyes because you already experienced so much with them alongside them. Is there anything in particular as an author you did to put yourself in Eli's mindset? Um, so apparently, according to my children, I haven't grown up. <laughs> so um, I don't do adulting very well. I'm just this big kid that happens to have children. Um, so <laughs> I fall into any character quite naturally. 
so when, as a child, I didn't actually do much schooling. Uh, I, I was going to school every day, but I suffered from migraines. So I used to go home and just practice art. And, uh, and that was really like therapeutic. And that was my version of education. Um, it wasn't until I learned to read and write at much older age where I kind of really delved into it, but everything's art and everything's visual and I'm constantly living inside of my head. That's why my author picture is me in my head. So, um, I'm, I'm very visual. It's, it's more like I can present that through literature now. I've kind of cultivated over the last 10 years. But uh, with my children, I, I ask them questions where I get stuck or I'll say, hey, today I've been working on this, this idea with this um, kid and this character and they'll just throw something random at me like oh that's a stupid idea why don't you do this this and this and then I'll go oh that's perfect but for a different character so I kind of pull as much as I possibly can in especially when kids have got their friends over and they'll have a conversation and it just gets a little bit pear-shaped I'm thinking oh this is golden I'm writing this down (laughs) so I do steal stuff from them and I do um um, kind of like throw some ideas at them when I get stuck. But generally I just follow my imagination and I trust that. Yeah, because I I have one of those weird minds that can just go anywhere. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think it's a uh, default setting for anybody who's creative. So trust the imagination. You really have to follow that muse and, and, and see where it goes. And, and I, I'm, you know, so much of what you've just talked about is, is so powerful because kids really do. I think sometimes adults think they're hiding things from children. Um, and, you know, whether it's relationship issues in a marriage or um, the world around them trying to shelter their kids from something that they is, is uncomfortable or unsightly. And they, I, I think, you know, the mistake many parents make, and I, I certainly did with my kids when they were younger and at times was mistaking the fact that, that their, I don't want to say innocence, but their, their naivete was not, was not allowing them to still see what was going on. And so just because something was new to them didn't mean that they didn't interpret it in the right way. Um, and, and see it yeah. for what it was. Yeah. And, and every time you are like, for me, I, I'm very open with my children. So if anything we've seen in the streets, you know, kind of like give them some context around it because it's, we fear what we don't understand. And as soon as we understand something, then, you know, you take that fear away and then you go, okay, this terrible thing is happening in the street. I know where I'm safe standing right here. I know what I can do or I, you know, I can start putting some strategies in to cope with it. But if you go, Oh my God, something's happening. Oh, let's all panic and run away. Like it's still very scary. So yeah, take fearing fear away from any situation. Even if you've got to um, deal with this, you know, can't wrap these kids up. So, and I think for like me growing up, I had this helicopter parent who just kind of wrapped me up in cotton wool, but it did not allow me to grow. So, you know, I had migraines and headaches and I couldn't learn at school. <clears throat> I come home, 
oh no, don't do this, don't do that. <laughs> and so I was had like an obscure way of looking at the world. So then when it was time to grow up and do the normal things, like get a job and buy a house and have these families, I'm like, wait, why is everyone doing that? That's, that's a normal way of living. I thought, that's funny. So for me to kind of like jump into the unreal world of writing and publishing and research and, you know, it doesn't matter what I'm researching, if I'm interested, I jump into it no matter how weird it is. You know, it, I've kind of like cultivated a new different life. But saying that, I don't do that to my children. I don't obscure the experiences. Um, we've had a lot of deaths in the family, a lot of cancers, a lot of all sorts of things. And, you know, I've just had to say, okay, this is part of our life. This is part of our um, our you know, family, this is what they're going through. And it's amazing how resourceful they are to saying, hey, let's incorporate this into our lives. Let's help this person in this way. Um, and so anything that pops up, we, we kind of like pull in as a team now instead of me having to protect them. And 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 it helps when those unpredictable situations pop up and, and I'm sitting there thinking, oh, no, what am I going to do? And it's my six-year-old who pops up and says, I've got a plan <laughs> and it's perfect. So, you know, um, I think we underestimate children far more than we're supposed to. Um, yeah, we if we give them a platform, they really rise and step into that and, um, and they definitely shock me every day. <laughs> I think that's part of part of uh, being a good parent is is helping them to experience life in in its fullest, but in a safe way. And 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 that doesn't mean sheltering them. That means giving them the opportunity to grow in, in yeah. a way that they can that that they can do it safely. Um, and and you can't shelter them from death. Death is part of life as much of as much of part of life as birth is. And um, that's right. You know, I, I've certainly done that with our kids too. And, and, um, you know, you're right. They rise to the occasion and not only that, but they bring, they bring their childlike view. Um, and it's not simplistic. It's, it's just refreshing sometimes. I think the way they come, the way they come at things. Yeah. I learned so much from my kids. They just surprise me all the time. And uh, my my youngest is six, so he he seems to simplify everything just to get to his understanding, which is fantastic. But my eldest is about to go into high school, so we've got the preteen thing going on at the moment, and uh, and she she assess she's an assessor like me, so she assesses everybody else. Um, but it's funny because there'll be some drama going on at school. And, uh, and I'm not the active parent. I do the drop and run and have fun kids. I'll see you when I see you next, <laughs> where all the other parents are up there trying to like sort people's problems out and get involved. And they start arguing with the kids. And I'm like, no, the kids are at that age. They need to sort out their own drama. And I kind of pull away and let them find their own resilience really. And, uh, and so it's really interesting how she's assessing all these situations and then bringing them home to kind of like tell us what's going on. So we've all got like these very different viewpoints of the world. Um, and then when you come together, it's like a team and then we all grow from one another and put our own two bits into it. So, yeah, I mean, 
kids are fantastic. <laughs> give them a platform. I think we need to give them a platform a little bit more. I completely agree. I completely agree. So Reluctant Wizard um, just came out uh, earlier this fall. Um, it is um, is available uh, where folks, most, well, I guess most places people are finding books out there. Uh, Amazon, yeah. Barnes & Noble. Um, so they should look it up. Um, you said there's another book in the works and you're not sure how many are going to be in the complete series, but um, any thoughts on when you'll try to get that second book out? Um, so the reluctant with, with the publishing schedule and because uh, a, a Necro is the artist, so he's actually working on um, the Alien movies at the moment. He's doing all the promo work for that. So it'll be once every year so september every year you'll get a reluctant wizard book the the production of that one is a lot bigger than the other ones (laughs) so it's not just about the writing it's about um because i've got quite a few editors on board and um yeah it's just this one's my big baby so (laughs) so once a year for reluctant wizard Excellent. Well, we'll definitely make sure folks get to that. I want to kind of shift gears here and talk a little bit about the um, the collections that you've put together um, that you're part of, um, especially the Magic and Fire um, that just yeah. came out. Um, tell us a little bit about that project. So being, um, this is my second year for the anthologies. I uh, could like fantastic group of fantasy writers and I pitch them a theme and I find a really fantastic cover and uh, this year was Magic and Fire. So every time I've pitched a theme to these writers, I, you can get two stories the same with totally different worlds, different characters, different themes and, and none of our minds work the same. So it's just a complete collection of short stories um, so last year's anthology for the two, 2019 was um, fantasy and Christmas. So it was the Christmas fantasy. No, I mixed that up again. The fantasy Christmas. I'm so bad at that. You know, it's been a year and I still mix up that title. And last year I uh, wrote about a Franken Santa. So it's Frankenstein mixed with Santa Claus. And it was these three little elves who accidentally killed Santa and they decide to bring him back to life. But Christmas magic doesn't work like that and he ended up terrorising children instead of delivering presents. <laughs> so I'm a little bit twisted. Um, and this year I wrote uh, about the Masters of Fire and um, the Masters of Fire is a brotherhood who go to save the remaining brotherhood that was stolen from um, this neighbouring king and he happened to be eating them to gain their power. So it was a little bit twisted. That one's more towards the adults. But uh, each year, yeah, I've been writing these anthologies and um, and just showcasing what a fantasy community is like. So being a writer, you know, we tend to lock ourselves away, we become little hermit crabs. <laughs> We reach out to other fantasy writers to say, are we insane? Like, you know, the days are ticking by, the deadlines have passed and gone and, you know, we're still managing to get some work out. Um, But then, you know, I I just said to these guys, look, we're a fantastic community um, and the world needs to see this. So some of us are established, others are very new. Um, Victoria Young is her first ever story is in the Magic of Fire, so she's just started. 
Um, Michelle Crow is um, also a, um, a huge writer in, in fantasy. She's my co-writer for the um, Concealed Power. We've got some beautiful writers. Um, and so, yeah, really, really enjoying the anthology. So I, I've got themes for the next 15 years, so it's definitely something I'll be doing forever. That's a fantastic way to kind of put the projects together and have a theme like that. Um, I've done a few things like that, and I've always been very happy with what's come out of me, you know, to write short fiction as opposed to something longer. Um, it, it's a different kind of style of writing, and it's it's fun to pull that kind of a story together um, for something like this. Um, so I urge people to check it out. The Magic and Fire uh, is out, 12 magical tales in one massive fantasy collection. So people should definitely check that out. A good, good way to sit down with some short reads um, and all in one collection for you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's fantastic. And last year's was the Fantasy Christmas. So and that's out too, so they can get them both. Thank you. Some some of the authors are, have returned this year, and, and we've got some new authors this year as well. Fantastic, fantastic. Um, if folks want to find out more about what you're up to, is there anywhere online they can kind of check in and, and, and find out uh, what's going on with you at any given moment? Yeah, so um, my website is aawarn.com, and I'm on Facebook Twitter and Instagram, like forward slash AA Warn. So I keep it nice and simple. <laughs> um, yeah, and so I've got quite a few publications coming out next year. Haven't set the dates for them yet. Um, keeping uh, myself busy. So I'm looking forward to some returning stories. Uh, Conceal Power 2 is nearly done, it's nearly there. <laughs> um, so we're looking forward to kind of getting that one out. And, uh, yeah, but a new series hitting the shelves as well. Excellent. Well, I will make sure folks uh, find that. We'll have links to everything in the show notes for this episode. Um, again, A.A. Warren, and that's W-A-R-N-E. Uh, so make sure you get the E in there in the end when you go to aawarren.com or find her on Facebook and other social media channels. Amanda, thanks so much for coming on the show and uh, sharing with us uh, everything about what you've been doing. It's, it was fascinating chatting with you. Thank you so much for having me. And that's going to wrap up this episode of the Books and Authors Fantasy and Sci-Fi Podcast. I hope you'll catch up with us for a whole lot more over in the Fantasy and Sci-Fi Focus community that's available on Facebook and, of course, at the website fantasy-focus.com. Leave a comment on this episode while you're over at the website. Let me know what's on your mind. Also, while you're over there, if you're on the podcast episode website, at the top of each episode, right there below the audio player, is a link to subscribe to the show. You can get those subscriptions available on your favorite mobile app, whatever your device, iOS, Android. You can even subscribe to get updates by email. You don't want to miss any upcoming episodes because I've got some amazing authors scheduled as we wrap up the year and get into next year. There's some great people coming up, so you won't want to miss any of them. That's it, though, for this episode of the Books and Authors Fantasy and Sci-Fi Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jamie Davis, author of Fun Fantasy Reads. Don't forget to follow me over on Facebook at Jamie Davis Books and, of course, at Jamie's Fun Fantasy Readers in my reader group. 
And uh, of course, on my website, jamiedavisbooks.com. And if you want, you can actually get a free book over at my website. Just sign up for my newsletter right there on the right-hand side. Whatever you do, though, subscribe to the podcast. Come back here for the next episode. And while you're waiting, go ahead and keep your eyes open out there, folks, because whether you know it or not, there's magic all around you.